0: Whoa!
1: Dot com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. Wishing all of you a blessed new year. If you're a little confused by that greeting in which we have opened our program today, just stay calm. I'll explain it to you. Remember, this is a program communicating the riches of the eastern lung of the church. And in the Byzantine tradition, in the Byzantine liturgical calendar... Today, actually, is the second day of a new liturgical year. It begins September 1st in the Byzantine Church. Again, that's the liturgical year. And also this weekend, there is a marvelous pilgrimage going on, hosted by the Byzantine Sisters of St. Basil the Great at Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Every year, for many decades, they've had this marvelous pilgrimage during the Labor Day weekend. So we pray for a lot of blessings and graces for all the pilgrims that are there right now at Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Starting off the new year, one of the best resolutions we could have is to decide to pray more, along with a lot of other resolutions, and to help us do that. And that's something that a lot of people oftentimes come to me for. They come to me to learn and to know more about prayer, or they have trouble praying, or they're looking for that convenient tool to help them pray, that convenient prayer book And good prayer books are out there, but sometimes really good ones aren't as easy to come by as you'd think, but there are other ways to help people to pray. And that's certainly something I would call all of you to do as we begin this new liturgical year in the Byzantine Church. And to help you to pray better and more and more often, we have a special guest here today, our good friend, good friend from Light of the East here. He is Jack Fiegel from Eastern Christian Publications. Jack, welcome to Light of the East and glory to Jesus Christ.
2: Glory forever, Father. Thank you for inviting me.
1: It's a new year, new liturgical year.
2: Indeed. It's a blessed one for all of us.
1: Now, in the work that you do, first of all, let's refresh the audience's memory, or if they're new, just tuning in, they have to know who you are. You are someone who is a great resource for all kinds of materials having to do with the Eastern churches, correct?
2: Yes. uh, We've been publishing books now for 25 years. We just hosted the 22nd Annual Oriental Illumin Ecumenical Conference. We have videos on Oriental Lumen Television YouTube with over a thousand subscribers, and we publish the Sunday bulletins that people get passed to them uh, every Sunday in their local church.
1: And you also have all kinds of films. Some of them are are actually films of liturgy itself. Recently, I've had some people that they are interested in getting DVDs, you know, films of the byzantine liturgy itself
2: yes we've been recording liturgies over the years at the oriental Lumen conferences uh, other special events several overseas trips to eastern europe and the most recent and perhaps the most famous is i recorded a ukrainian catholic liturgy in westminster cathedral in london last november and all of those are available on dvds through our website
1: and that website is
2: olfoundation.net there's an online catalog that's O-L Foundation for the Oriental Lumen Foundation.
1: Very good. And now, with all that material, it's all wonderful for our spiritual formation and education, but we want to know how to pray better. And you have a way to help people pray.
2: Yes. As you well know, Father, the, the Byzantine daily office consists of many, many rich prayer services uh, for personal prayer as well as parish prayer And for a while, I've always wondered how we could make them more available to people because the texts are rich, but they're somewhat complicated. Mm. There's a a book called The Typicon that changes from year to year to year to year. It's never the same two years in a row. (laughs) And when Easter falls and Christmas falls, all varies the prayers and what we are supposed to use each day for matins, vespers, the hours, Uh, liturgies during the the weekends and so forth. So we started this idea several years ago, and we've been enhancing it ever since, of providing an email prayer service where all of the texts are arranged for you that all you do is open up a PDF file and just pray. You don't have to have the books. You don't have to know how the Tipicon goes together. It's simple. It's easy. and, And by coming into your inbox, you're reminded to pray. Oh, uh, So you get a little reminder every night for the next day of, oh, yes, there are some prayers I should do. And we provide different levels of prayer, just a simple one or two page of the, the main changeable parts. Uh, we provide a reader service for laity and then a more complete uh, service with all the litanies and blessings that uh, the clergy can use. So. We've had the email prayer service for several years, and earlier this year, we took that one step further in terms of technology, when I realized that uh, sometimes I'm I'm sitting uh, in the subway or in a doctor's office, and almost everyone has a phone, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: a smartphone, and everyone's on it constantly. So I thought, well, let's see if we can offer our prayer service through a smartphone app. And so we've now done that. It's been out since January. Uh, and in just the six or eight months since January, we have over 1,100 installation and thousands of people that have viewed it.
1: Now, whenever we talk about the Byzantine Divine Office, as you said, it's very comprehensive, kind of complex, but basically it's like this. You have the basic parts, which are the same, but you have a lot of changeable parts based on the saint of the day, the feast day, and so on. That's what makes it a little more comprehensive and complex, but also very interesting and beautiful and rich. So... Uh, on your what you're offering, Jack, is, is it, does it also offer those changeable parts?
2: Yes, we offer the changeable parts either on their own. So if you have a favorite prayer book that you like to use and you just need the changeable text, you can just open up one page and you see everything you need. But I think the real value is we offer the common text with the changeable parts inserted already into the file. So you just read straight through without having to ever look anything up without having to refer or have the typicon available, and you don't need to have the library of texts on the shelf that you pull off to to find what you're supposed to use.
1: You know, that's really convenient because, (laughs) as anyone knows, if they've gone to Byzantine liturgy, you have the, the the basic parts, but then the propers, the parts that change for that particular day, it can sometimes be a little bit complex getting through the book. Turn to this page, turn back to that page, then turn over to this page. <laughs> so oh, yeah. this would be, I think, a really a welcomed uh, system here, Jack, that it's all right there. You just read straight through, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, especially the one that I've, I'm, I particularly uh, like is the Vesper service. Because it's it's sort of at the end of the day it allows us to to get away from the, the the rest of our day that's always very busy and hectic and and to just sit and contemplate and by being able to have these prayers provided so simply that you just don't have to worry about them, you just sit and you go through with your finger on your phone or on your computer screen just you can focus on prayer and not be worrying about looking everything up in the books and having flip pages and have the ribbons in the right place and even having the instructions to know which ones to use when, which is is not simple. There are some, I think, 24 different formats that you follow in order to pray at the routine daily office in the correct form.
1: Now, let's pause here and make sure the listeners know where can they get to this app.
2: Sure. Uh, The app is available in either the Apple Store or on Google Play, the two most popular uh, places where you can download apps, and it's simply called E C ECPUBS, E-C-P-U-B-S. So you can just go into those two stores, search for it. It's a free download that you can install on your Android or on your uh, uh, Apple uh, device, and it has an icon of St. John Chrysostom as our little logo But the main screen, actually, Father, is connected with you in that it is the interior picture of your church of the Annunciation there in Homer Glen.
1: Well, I'm actually holding a flyer that you put out with a picture of that on the flyer. And I have to admit, I'm very humbled but also proud of that, too. (laughs) Uh,
2: and And then the buttons on the app provide the different options. There's a prayer of the day. There's some reflection texts The daily Vespers, the hours, the Sunday bulletins. We have our Theosis magazine as an e-zine. So the the app is rich with uh, uh, six or seven different things that change and are automatically updated every single day so that you open it up in the morning and you have what you need for the day.
1: Now, Jack, you said something about this being free. Is, Is everything free on this?
2: Well, it takes a bit of work. To do all of this, uh, and we're happy to offer this as our ministry, but uh, indeed it would be very helpful if some of this could be compensated or if there was a way to, to provide financial support. So yes, the app is free, so that we're trying to make it available to youth and seniors and anyone who wants it, uh, but we simply ask for a, a free will offering stipend uh, for those who want to support us. They can do that through our website, ecpubs.com, and uh, also ecpubs.com is where you can sign up for the email service uh, that is uh, the same prayers that come to you in your inbox.
1: And once again, if people are interested in this app, which I hope all of you will because you want to pray better now at the beginning of this new church go here, go to Apple Store or Google Play and search for EC Pubs. And you're going to find something that's going to be there. Is going to be very, very helpful, Jack. What else have you got going on? You got something special coming up—a special invitation, I understand, on a very international level.
2: Our Oriental Roman Conference in June had one of our plenary speakers was Patriarch Emeritus Gregorius, the retired head of the Melkite Greek Catholic Church, who lives part time in Beirut, Lebanon, and part time, believe it or not, in Damascus, Syria. And he's invited me and all of the folks that were at the conference to come and travel with him on pilgrimage to Jerusalem Mm. next July, July of 2019. The Melkites have a guest house that's five minutes' walk from the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in the heart of Jerusalem, probably the most holy site in Mm. all of the Christian world. Uh, He's invited us to come and and, uh, make a pilgrimage. So we're starting the initial planning for this. So we'd just like to alert your listeners to that possibility coming up, an ecumenical pilgrimage of Catholics and Orthodox, and we might make a, uh, a side trip on our way to Jerusalem in our favorite city of Constantinople <laughs> and visit with our old friend, Patriarch Bartholomew, and then uh, we might tack on a one- or two-day visit down to the famous historic monastery of St. Catherine on Mount Sinai.
1: Where should people stay tuned for information?
2: Will be coming through the Oriental Aluminum website, which is olfoundation.net there'll be information, you know, announced there as as we get it uh, put together in terms of travel arrangements and uh, dates and uh, itineraries.
1: Well, we'll have you on again and talk more about that as that date gets closer. And I want to thank you for being with us today, Jack, for helping us to start off our liturgical new year in the best way possible, that is with prayer.
2: Thank you, Father, and you have a happy new year.
1: Thank you very much, Jack. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. We're off to a fantastic start here at the beginning of the new liturgical year in the Byzantine calendar. We just heard from our good friend, Jack Fiegel, and he gave us a lot of information of how to start this year off by praying better using our iPhones with that wonderful app that he has developed for us. We also have a special guest here, who will bring to us some of the broader experience of the Eastern churches. We have a seminarian here. He's studying for the priesthood. And his name is Miro Miroslav Hazi. And he's visiting here at our studios of Lay of the East. And Miroslav is from Slovakia. Miro. I'll call you Miro, right? Okay. Miro, welcome to Lay of the East. Slava Susu Christi. Slava So, Miro, tell us, why are you here? How are you here at the studio? What are you doing here in America?
3: Uh, Well, I was invited by Bishop Milan to see uh, American uh, Byzantine Church, how they work, how they live, and also to do my liturgical practicum here, because I'm taking now uh, and I'm on the end of the pastoral year. I have between uh, three years and then another three years of the seminary. And I'm uh, visiting here now uh, your parish, Father Thomas, as a part of my uh, come and see in the United States in the Diocese of Parma and the Perky of Parma. And where are you doing your studies? Well, I'm studying currently in Germany in Collegium Orientale in Eichstätt. That's uh, in the south Germany. It's uh, Bayern, Bavaria. And I used to uh, do my bachelor in Prešov, uh, Prešov uh, Prešo seminary in Slovakia. So this is a college for Eastern studies in That's Germany? a college for uh, all Eastern churches in mm-hmm. the world. And it's ecumenical, international, and multi-ritual. So there is no only a Byzantine Catholic seminarians, but also from India, Syro-Malabarican and Syro-Malankarican, uh, mm-hmm. priests and seminarians. And also we have uh, Maronites. We have also Orthodox from Georgia or from Ukraine. Oh. Yes. And we have uh, many of the Byzantine Catholic rites uh, throughout the Europe from Ukraine, Hungarian, Slovakian, Poland. So... Yeah, pretty much. And you had studied
1: here before you were a seminarian for a little bit, right?
3: Yes, I've been a part of the global outreach program. It was a Catholic change program with the mission to build a civilization of Lao. And I've been studying one year at high school as a junior at Roncalli High School in Manitowoc in Wisconsin.
1: Mm. So tell me about the... Church, the Byzantine Catholic Church in Slovakia. Of course, it has come out of, after the 1990s, it has come out of the communist oppression, and it has enjoyed a, lots of uh, life and lots of growth. But tell us about what the Byzantine Catholic Church is like in Slovakia.
3: Well, the Byzantine Catholic Church in Slovakia is a church I belong to. I'm from Košice, from eparchy of Košice. We have also an uh, eparchy in Bratislava, and then metropoly, archeparchy in Prešov. And uh, our church, uh, as you mentioned, uh, had uh, big struggles and uh, sacrifice their fate uh, in past years in communism, but communism fall down and now we need to struggle with the uh, uh, new challenges in the new world. And uh, as, as here, we have our own problems and struggles and also we have our own happy sides. And what I'm uh, happy about is that, uh, as you were talking in the first part of uh, this, uh, uh, Light of the East, uh, we have also have an application for uh, praying, oh, yes, so that's uh-huh. something similar. Where yes, uh-huh. we can pray and we can keep in touch, you know, and now I can download the English one, and <laughs> when it doesn't work, the Slovak one, or I don't pay, so then I get the English one. <laughs> so it's a really good thing. The liturgy in
1: Slovakia in most parishes, is it in Slovak or Slavonic?
3: In Slovakia, we have like uh, three major regions, in the Northeast, we have so much Ruthenians. Mm-hmm. So they are most of the time Ruthenian liturgies. Mm-hmm. There is maybe just one a week in Slovak language. Mm-hmm. Then most of the uh, part of the Slovakian parishes are Slovak speaking parishes, so uh-huh. we have Slovak liturgies. And one uh, once a month, we have uh, Old Slavonic, so people mm-hmm. wouldn't forget. And also in the south, we have a special uh, part where are the people from Hungary, Mm -hmm. so they are Hungarian-speaking priests, and they're using also Hungarian language for the liturgy. Yes, and this Church
1: Slavonic that we're talking about here, that's the mother tongue of the Byzantine Catholic churches in the Slavic regions, the Slavic lands. Just as in Latin rite, Gregorian chant and Latin became basically the codified languages and, and music of the of the Latin rite church, so too do the Eastern churches have their own languages and chant, and usually it's the language of the vernacular. In other words, it's the language that the people speak. So Church Slavonic, although it's an ancient language, that was in a sense the mother tongue of Slavic languages. It was the language that people spoke many centuries ago, now it's just used in in the liturgy, and people have developed languages such as Slovakia. So, now your liturgy is in Slo- in Slovak. So, it's very much the Eastern church's custom to have the worshiping, the prayer in the language of the people, in the vernacular. Now, in Slovakia, you know, in the churches, you have youth,
3: you have young people that are involved. Well, thanks be to God. Uh, we have priests who are uh, specially chose by a bishop, and they wanted to do, and they are doing the work with the youth. Mm. We have youth uh, centrum's uh, which they organize a camp, something mm. like a Byzantine. Yes. But we have uh, from the beginning of the holidays till the end every week another, uh, you know, age of the uh, teens. So oh, we are. Right. Uh, we have praise the God. We have many youth now because they were uh, you know, encouraged by uh, the message which uh, our uh, brothers and sisters, our families experienced during the mm-hmm. communism. And they are now really keen and uh, they're attending these camps and they're doing a, a beautiful, beautiful job there. We have many volunteers. Uh, mm-hmm. We have also a school for uh, animator. So they are teaching them and schooling them how to help priests in a parish, oh, for yeah. example. With the, how to work with the youth. Oh, and oh. also we have uh, many vocations. Mm-hmm. Our seminary is uh, really big. We have just one seminary in Slovakia for the Byzantine Catholic Church. But when I was there, it used to be 60 seminarians in it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is why,
1: in fact, my own bishop is from Slovakia now. <laughs> He's here in America. You know yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. And also we have other priests that are serving here from Slovakia and more that are on their way. So we're kind of sharing the wealth there from Slovakia, right, with, uh, with us here in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the centers that you're talking
3: about, these youth centers, there's several around, like in the eparchies. Yes, every eparchy is supposed to have the own one. The biggest one uh, has the metropoly. The pressure uh, eparchy is in Yuskovavolia. That's near uh, Vrano na Toplo city. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, my own eparchy, Kosice. We have also a commission. It's called Commission for the Youth. And uh, they uh, finally built a new, brand new centrum for the youth. Uh-huh. And also in uh, Bratislava, they have their own uh, people to work with the youth. And also in Europe, it seems
1: to me that pilgrimages are very significant there. Very, very uh, important.
3: Definitely. Because uh, as we know also from uh, a church teaching that we have a pilgrim church on, uh, on earth. Mm-hmm. So uh, people still keep, you know, pilgrimage uh, in the mind. And we have many of the Marian pilgrimage center mm-hmm. and sites. Uh, also in uh, my eparchy, we have a shrine of Klokočov. Uh-huh. And it was, uh, you know, a Dormition uh, feast day. So uh, last week mm-hmm. we had the uh, Otpust, we had oh, uh, uh-huh. the festival and there were uh, approximately 10,000 people. Wow! Yeah, I watched it uh, online and it was beautiful. And many, many young people come as well? Huh? Yeah, many young because uh, they receive a diploma from this animator school oh, there. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Now, the attendance at the parishes, uh, for instance, on a weekend and Sunday, churches are very full.
3: Well, depends uh, on a situation, you know, during the holidays, it's the same like here, everyone Mm -hmm. just takes away. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, most of the problems what we have now uh, with the people in the villages, they struggle with the people because, you know, most of the young people uh, leave to the college, to to high schools, also for the work. So they are most of the time coming and sending services in the cities. Mm-hmm. So they just come uh, just for a week or just uh, to visit their parents. Mm-hmm. So they are not anymore in the villages. Mm-hmm. And in villages then and the little towns stay only older people. Mm-hmm. So most of the time uh, it's everything now moving to the cities.
1: Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Now, since you've been in, in America for off and on for some time, uh, what is your impression of the Byzantine Catholic Church in America? Does it have similar challenges? Things you'd like to see it developed and things you admire about it. Just what's your basic impression of what you see about the Byzantine Catholic Church in America, especially our our Slavic churches, Mm -hmm. the ones that came from your country (laughs) over to here.
3: Well, for me, it was uh, such a pleasure to know that we have a Byzantine Catholic Church in the United States. I remember when I was a student here in Wisconsin, and I couldn't find any of our churches. And then I found you on internet, <laughs> and I heard your radio, and I remember we we met. Yeah, I visited you. It was for me, you know, such a pleasure to see that uh, something uh, what I was brought up and uh, um. I, uh, you know, was. Uh, educated and lead in this tradition so i can practice also here so on one side it's beautiful that our church uh, go wide mm-hmm. also it's beautiful that uh, your own people attending this church and about the challenges yeah they're probably the same mm-hmm. because you know a new secular world is everywhere
1: when you finish your studies for priesthood and you are ordained will you go into a special ministry or you're going to be a parish priest or how do you see your priesthood
3: Well, uh, when I was uh, in Wisconsin in the end of my uh, school year, I really was decided to enter the seminary. And I remember people to uh, help me and uh, they really told me that they're gonna pray for me. So I've ever since think about the mission and uh, about the special ministry maybe. But uh, we'll see when the Holy Spirit leads me. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's always the Holy Spirit. And probably you will be a married priest? Probably, yes. I have a girlfriend, so hopefully she listens that and (laughs) she knows that I'm okay.
1: (laughs) For those of you who are listening uh, in many of the Eastern churches, not all, but most of them, there was a long tradition of married men being able to become priests. Priests do not marry. Once you're a priest, you do not marry. So married men can become priests. So Miro has that option. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will guide him and he will be open to the Holy Spirit always. And we're happy that he was here with us, not only in America, but here on Light of the East. Thank you, Miroslav. Thank you. I
3: pray for you too.
1: Thank you, and God bless you in your discernment and in your studies. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East. Thank you for listening to Light of the East.
0: We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC
1: Media.